what we're uh, going to be dealing with is communion with the triune and uh, probably sounds pretty good on there you know boom nice catch though until I'm alert ready to go <laughs> but uh, communion with the triune God and John Owen had a book called that and some of this is going to be based on uh, what he had there because it's probably one of the best books and uh, he was, of course, a, a Puritan, and his thoughts are high upon the things of God, sovereignty of God, and communion with God. And so our title of this tonight is called Finding Fulfillment in Communion with God. So I don't know how long this is going to last. Our other one went two parts. But like I say, this is kind of like the, um, the anecdote to all the failures and the missed opportunities and disappointments that we uh, talked about the last couple of weeks. Of course, we gave the answer to that. Everybody knows what the answer is. Of course, if you're a Christian, you do. But at the same time, it's good to know that um, those things happen and we always have the solution. And that's what this idea of communion with God is. Uh, Can you imagine being told if you would uh, climb to the top of a certain mountain you would experience just wonder. You would be in awe, the beauty, the excitement, the grandeur that would be there. I mean, that you'd never experienced before. Well, a lot of you here probably would not do that on, on a real physical mountain. But, they keep talking about the beauty of it, so you get brave and you start walking up this mountain. And as you go, you realize, ooh, this is getting a little bit more difficult. This is getting harder. And you go a little bit further and you go, oh, this is going to take a lot of effort. Do I really want to do this? And you you keep being reminded of at the top of the mountain what a beautiful vision you will be able to have before your eyes that you have never seen before. And so you keep going. You get up to about where there's another mile to go and now it's gotten to the point where you have to crawl. And you might get your knees kind of bruised, bleeding, and cut. The air is really thin. It's getting cold. But you keep thinking about at the top of the mountain and this majestic view. And finally you reach the summit and it's everything that they all told you about. It is awesome. The beauty, the grandeur, the magnificence and you go, that was worth it. And you just get lost in the wonder of that. Now, you've probably had some wondrous experiences where you've just been lost in the wonder, right? Well, within the heart of man, God has placed a longing for eternal things. Actually, something you want an experience and you realize there's an experience bigger than yourself. Bigger than the world. And it's a longing for the eternal the experience of the glory of God. Because that's where everything's going for, isn't it? The glory of God, experience of that. But how do we attain to that beauty? You know, it's just like going up the mountain. And that's what's happening right now. We're climbing a mountain. <laughs> We're climbing, climbing. We realize at the top of that mountain is going to be something else. Well, how do we do that? How do we, you know, we know that glory exists. How do we get that even now, you know, in, in our Christian walk? So we obviously, what do we do? We read the Bible, right? We study the Bible. We, and we enjoy that. We like time together with the Lord. What's that? 
<laughs> oh, you just coughing? Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's the intellectual part in the sense that, okay, here's what I have found out in my, and put into my mind. This is what I understand. Now, that's important. You know, we want to renew our minds. But we can't stop there. We need the experience of Christ, don't we? And if you're a Christian, you've had the experience of Christ. And we're talking about the experience of truth. We're talking about the authority of the Word of God and the authority of the Holy Spirit. You know, we worship in spirit and in truth. So, and there's an experiential aspect that's dealing with the Holy Spirit. I think of Psalm 1611, which is, I think, probably a lot of ours favorite, one of our favorite verses. You've heard it much of your life. Christian life anyway. You will make known to me the path of life. Don't you like that? Psalm 16.11 You will make known to me the path of life. What that path is. God makes it known to us, doesn't He? You know what? He's fulfilling that promise. Then the next line. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence. That means the very presence of God. He's talking about even right now. We're not talking about just in the future, but, and he's making known to us right now the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. I mean, don't we want that? Yeah, we do. In your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Isn't that a great verse? I've always featured on that last part, in your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But you look at that first line, you will make known to me the path of life. I claim that. That's what he's doing to us, isn't he? He's giving us our path. And the fullness of joy is whenever we are communing with the Lord in His very presence. So that Psalm 1611 I think is a really good theme verse for where we're at here. We have a search for significance. We kind of talked about this in the last couple of weeks. You know, a real happiness. There's a pursuit. There's a pursuit. There's something more than this, right? There's something more. There's some things that, you know, we're missing. And we realize in this life, as we have a pursuit, in the pursuit, and this is what we talked about, there are pitfalls. Okay, that's just realism, right? There are pitfalls in this pursuit that we have. It doesn't always come out the way that we would like. So we need to have before us an overarching purpose. So what we're going to do is just summarize what the whole Christian life is about and what it is now and what it is going to be in the future. This purpose. The purpose is central. This is all important in our life to understand that there's meaning to life. I mean, this is the glue that holds things together. You know, there, There's a purpose, there's meaning. A guy by the name of Thomas Carlyle he said this, that there's a person without purpose is like a ship without a rudder or a sail. Uh, it's a homeless wanderer. A nothing. And he says, a no man. Being tossed about to and fro. But God gives grace for one purpose. We're saying one purpose. One chief end that He'd be worshipped and glorified. 
chief end of man is to glorify God and join forever. God is most glorified when we're satisfied in Him. Remember the, the last two weeks that we dealt with on uh, not being satisfied? God is glorified when we're satisfied in Him. So this is how this is fitting together in those two weeks. Isn't it amazing how I came up with this next series? And I give a funny look there. You know, I, I, I really didn't know where we were going after last week. Okay, where do we go from now? I think what we're going to do is make this probably a summer-long study because the stuff that is in here is high stuff. It's at the peak. It's looking out over and realizing that the presence of God... And the reason I say that is it, this is all about the glory of God. And it's all about our communion with this glorious God. And so it relates with not only just high doctrine, but it takes in our experience. So the, the, our chief end is to glorify Him. So our purpose, that's, what, that's the reason that we live. That's summing everything down to one thing. The glory of God. And, and we do our best. And when we do our best at glorifying God, being content in Him, being satisfied, did you know that's where we find our rest? That's where we find our peace? That's where we find our comfort. That's where we find contentment, satisfaction in Christ. Bingo! This is the antidote to our disappointments. This is it. This is where it comes. So, um, you find happiness in communion with God. And this is the utmost of importance to all Christians. I can't think of anything more important than the purpose of God and the purpose of God for, for our lives. So that's, that's where we're heading. And uh, I think we'll be highly rewarded as we look at God's truth in that and then desire a, even a deeper relationship or a higher climb, right? It, and it's not like, ooh, I'm right here at the base of the mountain and I'll take a few steps up and I just like it right here. <laughs> God doesn't allow that anyway. He just keeps taking us on up the mountain. And we go up higher and higher and higher. And, you know, we, we want to see it all. One day we will. <laughs> but we're getting there. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your great truths. And we learn by our minds. Our minds are very important. We want to take what we understand and let the Holy Spirit then work it into our lives and then work it out. And Lord, may this be valuable, this study that we're dealing with. And may You just lead us here and that we would be all about Your glory, all for Your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, communion with God is found in Romans 5. Actually, there are a lot of other places. But in Romans 5, where is it there? How do we figure that one out? We're dealing with a triune God here. And what we're going to be emphasizing, I'm basically just giving an intro here tonight, but our communion with Him is with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we concentrate maybe on the Father. We might concentrate on Christ. But we have to remember that the whole triune God, if He's a trinity, that's who we relate to. So in Romans 5, what you have is